The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Hoare, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, July 31st, 2022, on the basis of Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. A Russian writer by the name of Maxim Gorky once visited Coney Island, New York, and as he watched the people around him hustling and bustling, going from here to there, he remarked, what a sad and jittery people you Americans must be. As he looked around, he saw all sorts of people going to great lengths to amuse themselves, to entertain themselves. He saw people going out to the bar, going out to the movies, going out to sports games, enjoying the carnival atmosphere of Coney Island. For us, that might mean happy people, happy moments, happy memories to make, to take pictures of. But for Maxime, what he saw were sad people filling up their lives with excitement and entertainment to distract themselves from the fact that they were really deeply, deeply unhappy. Now, Maxime Gorky wrote these words long before we were born in the year 1906. And that makes you wonder, what would he say about our world today, right? A world in which you don't have to go to the stadium or to the movie theater. You can just sit down in your living room and have the world's entertainment at your fingertips. The world of streaming sports and movies are all available to you with just one click. But I think he was onto something when he said those two words, sad and jittery, right? Those are fitting words for our world today. Americans are jittery. Americans are constantly busy. Americans are always doing something, right? We wear it like a badge of honor. We take pride in how much we can load up on our plates and still get done. And it's not just us who are busy, right? Parenting today now demands that your kids are also busy with extracurriculars and sports and music. It's a busy life. And when life does slow down outside of chauffeuring your kids around, going to work, well, even then, when we're not doing things for work, we're still doing things for fun, right? Vacations and trips, seeing friends and family. And when life finally stops for those few precious moments, even then, we're still jittery, checking phones, checking devices, checking news feeds. So as full as our lives are, as busy as our lives are, as full as they are of entertainment and excitement, it's no wonder that Americans seem to still be deeply unhappy. You've probably heard all the statistics before, right? Anxiety and depression are as high as they have ever been. The suicide rate has been going up since the turn of the century. And it's not just a young person problem, it's also for the old people too, for adults, for professionals, for everyone. There was a poll a few years back that asked people how busy they felt they were, and almost 80% of parents responded that they felt like life was going by too fast, that life was too busy for them to really enjoy it. So what about you? What about your life? Are you jittery? Are you anxious? Are you burnt out? Are you too busy for your own good? whether you answer that question yes or no. Today, Jesus has another thing to add to your plate. Today, Jesus wants you to make sure that you're setting aside time for him. 
But unlike all the other things that you have going on in your life, all the other responsibilities and obligations, Jesus isn't here to take from you. Jesus isn't here to drain you. Instead, he's here to give. Instead, he's here to fill you up. Are you anxious? Are you tired? Are you burnt out? Are you too busy for your own good? Then you've come to the right place. Here's a place where Jesus comes and serves us, where he gives you and I rest. The story that we're focusing on for this morning comes from a familiar account, five short verses, the story of Mary and Martha. And it's a strange account for Luke to kind of throw in there because there's not really any demons to drive out, there's no miracles to do, there's no parables to tell, there's no Pharisees to fight, right? It's just Jesus going over to the house of Mary and Martha, just Jesus coming over for dinner. And the Bible never tells us which of these two sisters is the older one. But if you ever grew up with siblings, you probably know where to bet your money. It seems like Martha is the older, more responsible sister. She's the one who takes care of everything. And in this story, at least, it seems like Mary is the younger sister who's maybe slacking off a little bit. Right, Jesus comes over to their house and Martha gets right to work doing all the things a good host should do. Right, doing the laundry, making sure Jesus is comfortable, setting the table, making sure dinner doesn't burn. Meanwhile, what does Mary do? She just sits there and listens to Jesus. And even though we know where this story is going, even though we know the words that Jesus will say to Martha later on, you can't help but feel for Martha. Right? You can't help but feel a little sense, a little twinge of injustice. Right? Here she is doing all of this work, and Mary just gets to sit there. We've all been there before where we are the one who has to do all the work while someone else gets to slack off. Or we are the one who does all this work, and we don't get any attention or credit for it. Or maybe even worse, someone else gets the attention. Someone else gets the credit for what you have done. And that's kind of what it looks like today, right? Martha is slaving away, and meanwhile, Mary gets all of the attention of Jesus. And maybe it strikes us as an injustice because I suspect that most of us, when it comes to hosting, when it comes to living life, when it comes to getting things done, most of us are more like Martha than like Mary. Right? Maybe you are like Martha in the sense that you always know what needs to get done. You always know where you need to be. You always know where the kids need to be and when they need to be there. Maybe you look at your own life and you say, if I don't do this, if I don't take care of this, then I don't know who else is going to do it. And that's not a bad thing. It is a great thing to be on top of things. It's a great thing to be responsible. But what comes along with being a quote-unquote responsible adult is a lot of challenges and difficulties. If you are living a busy life, it means that at any moment in your life, you could be tossed around by your different responsibilities and things that you need to do. It means that at any given moment, you might be getting pulled in a hundred different directions. Right? Maybe you need to work a full day at work, and then you need to chauffeur the kids around to their activities, and then you need to put food on the table, you need to buy the food that goes on the table, you need to make the food that goes on the table, you need to find time to spend with friends and family, you need to clean up after friends and family, you need to plan that family vacation, you need to actually go on that family vacation, you need to find time to be involved in the community, to go to those events that your kids are involved in at school, at sports, 
and the list goes on and on. And that's just your life, right? What about everything that's going on around you? Are you caught up to date on current events? Are you up to date on politics, on the economy? Do you know what's going on in your local city or state? Do you know what the local sports updates are? And what about your old friends? Are you up to date on your Facebook feed? Are you caught up with who's graduating, who's engaged, who's getting married, who's having a baby? The list of things that you could spend your time on go on and on. And maybe you are one of those people who can make it through their to-do list. Maybe you can stay on top of what everyone else is doing. Or maybe you can't. But when you get to the end of the day, when it's finally time to rest and settle down, that's when our brains start working. That's when we start thinking. And that's when we start worrying. Right? We made it through today, but what about tomorrow? What about the kids? Are we setting them up for success? Are we doing enough for them? Are we living up to the crazy high expectations of parenting nowadays? How are we going to pay for college? How's our financial health? How's our health? How's the health of our parents? How's the health of our relationships? Am I spending enough time with my spouse? Am I spending enough time with my children? Am I spending enough time with my family? Am I spending enough time with my friends? Am I giving enough time and energy and effort to work? Are people passing me by at work or do I need to work harder and spend more time at the office? And again, the list of worries that we can have go on and on. And with these long lists of worries, with these long to-do lists of things that need to get done, it is no wonder that people are so anxious, so jittery, so tired, so burnt out, so worried and upset. And on top of your day-to-day to-do lists, on top of all those worries you have in life, here comes Jesus. And he wants a piece of your time too. Right? He comes in and he says, where's my time? What about me? Have you been coming to church? Are you going to Bible study? Are you bringing your kids to Sunday school? Are you reading your Bible? And it feels a little bit like a gut punch. right? Because here you are. You have all these responsibilities, all these people that you have to take care of, all these things that God has given you to do. And now he wants even more from you. And I wonder if that's how Martha felt in this story. I wonder if that's part of the reason why she was upset. Right? Jesus wanted to come over to her house. Right? She, he wanted to come over and be served by her. So she did what she was supposed to do. Right? Laundry, done. Sheets, clean. Table, set. Dinner, made. Everything ready. She did everything a good host was supposed to do. She busied herself. She did all the responsibilities she was supposed to do. And yet, where was Jesus focused? Where were his eyes? They were on Mary and not her. And so we can understand when Martha finally snaps, when she finally says, maybe even snapping a little bit at Jesus, don't you care that I'm slaving away? Tell my sister to help me. And that's when Jesus redirects Martha and redirects you and me. Right here, his words, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the one thing that will not be taken away from her. Jesus didn't come to Martha. He didn't come to you and to me to tell us that we are not doing enough for him, that we need to serve him better, that we need to do more work for him. Jesus didn't come to the house of Mary and Martha 
In order for them to serve him, he came to serve them. And that's why Jesus came, not to be served by you and me, but to serve you. Martha was busy doing all of these chores, doing all of these responsibilities. Meanwhile, all Jesus wanted to do was to serve her, to give her rest, to talk to her, to give her peace. And that's what Jesus wants to do for anxious and worried and burnt out people. He just wants to give you rest. Martha thought that she was the host, the one who was supposed to be taking care of Jesus. But Jesus makes it clear that he is the one who has come to host us. He's here to serve us, to take care of us. And that's what makes Jesus different from everything else that you might have going on in your life. Right? Coming to church, bringing your kids to Sunday school, going to Bible study, reading your Bibles, that is not an obligation. That is not a burden. That is not something you do to serve Jesus. Instead, that is something that Jesus does to serve you. Right? Think about it. We gather here for worship on Sundays. Right? We sing to God. We praise him. We pray to him. We do all these things. But who is really serving whom? Does the God of the universe really need to hear your voice or your prayers? Right? We call it service. Who is really serving who? It's God serving us. Here in this place, God gives us the one thing that can satisfy our souls, the one thing needed, the one thing that can never be taken away. Right? In this place, Jesus comes to you and he says, I have done everything for you. Come rest. Come be at peace. Come let me satisfy and fill your soul with something that nothing else in this world can satisfy you with. That's what this place is all about. It is a place where we find rest in our God. And don't get me wrong. Serving Jesus is important. Serving the people in our community, in our neighborhoods, that is so important. But the most important thing, the thing that comes first, is how Jesus comes and he serves us. And if you want to serve Jesus, if you want to serve the people in your life, if you want to be a better husband and father, if you want to be a better mother and better wife, if you want to be a better friend and a better neighbor, if you want to be a better son and daughter, well, all of that starts here and not out there. Because here is where Jesus prepares you for life. Right? We can love our children with a deeper love and a deeper understanding when we see the great love our Heavenly Father has lavished on us, a love that directs all things for our good. We can love our husbands and our wives with selflessness and forgiveness only once we see the love of our Savior, the selfless love and sacrifice that led to death, a love that conquers death. We can only serve others, our communities, our friends and our families better when we see the love and the service of the true servant who came to be born in the squalor of a stable, who lived in poverty to come and serve you and me. And if this place is really the place where Jesus comes and he serves us his gospel, if this is really the place where Jesus gives you and I rest, then this is the most important place that we could ever bring ourselves, our children, the people that we love. Because in this place, God gives us the one gift that really matters, the one gift that can never be taken away, the one gift that is needed, and that is his gospel. In a world that is jittery, in a world that is anxious, in a world that is too worried and too 
burnt out, too busy for its own good. Here in this place, God gives you and I peace. In a world where everyone is trying to give you something, trying to get something from you, trying to get a piece of your attention and of your time, here is a place where nothing is demanded of you, nothing is asked of you. Jesus just wants to give, and Jesus just wants to serve you. 1,500 years, over 1,500 years before Maxime Gorky was even born, St. Augustine wrote these famous words, O Lord, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Fitting words for his time, fitting words for our time too. May God help us to find rest in the only place that can give us rest. May God help us to find rest in the one place where we really need it, where we can really find it. May God help us to place our souls in our rest in him alone.